Hello and welcome to another episode of Fertility Frontier from Her Helping Habit, where we discuss egg donation, surrogacy, infertility, and a whole host of other subjects under the scope. So today we will be diving deep into the incredible journey of egg donation and the various and most common questions that arise with the process will be answered. Uh, today I have Sarah, who's the donor coordinator and the founder of Her Helping Habit, Katie. Welcome, you guys. Hey, Shruti. So excited to be here and talk about this awesome adventure. Thanks, Shruti. I'm so excited to be here. Even more so since we have Sarah joining us today. We've gotten a great list of myths or possibly facts that we're going to discuss from listeners and readers all over the world, from the podcast, Instagram, um, even emails that we've received. So these are some questions, maybe common sense for some of you. Um, for others, it's WTF. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to get right into it and perhaps debunk some myths. But before we get right into this myths versus facts Q&A, I just want to take a moment to really introduce Sarah. So Sarah is our main donor coordinator. She's also most recently our donor program manager. She's been promoted. Congratulations. Woo, Sarah. Um, sorry. Uh, and anyway, we just would not be who we are without her. She's such an important part of her helping habit and fertility frontier. So I know we have had her pop in on some earlier episodes, but we've not formally introduced her before. And I just want to take this time to let our audience get to know Sarah a little bit. So I'm going to pass it back over to you, Shruti. Thanks, Katie. I'll take it from here. So Sarah, what motivated you to become an egg donor? Oh, I thought about it first in my very early 20s, but at that time I was still smoking and my lifestyle wasn't really compatible with egg donation. So I revisited it in my late 20s and did my first at 29. So at the time when you were donating your eggs, were you financially compensated? Um, so I've done it both ways. I've done donations that were totally altruistic where I actually made no money at all. Um, and I've done some in the U.S. that were compensated. And I don't regret either experience. Both of them were equal experiences because of the relationships I got from the ones that I did altruistically um, are totally invaluable to me and something that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. So what was the reaction of the people who were close to you when you told them that you are donating your eggs? Uh, most people felt like that was, oh yeah, I could see Sarah doing that. Um, my mom said, don't let them take the, all the eggs <laughs> just in case. I was like, well, that's not quite how that works. But generally people are supportive. I've been really open about my donations to anyone who would listen. Sometimes you get some weird questions. Um, mostly people are curious. What do you feel that is the best thing about being an egg donor? Getting to see the impact that you can have on people's lives. Like really getting to see that you have changed the path and direction of their life forever is so cool. And knowing that my chin is apparently a really dominant genetic thing because every single donor baby got my chin. Would you like to say anything to the people who wants to be egg donors? Do a lot of research and decide if it's right for you. And, you know, think about the, the long-term implications of having those children out there and that children might reach out to you in the future. Um, and if you're not open to that, you know, think about your decision because those children are going to exist. 
So, you know, it's important. Uh, it may be important for them to reach out to you at some point. What valuable information do you think intended parents should know? I think stay flexible during the process, you know, especially in your criteria of the donor you're searching for. Um, think of your kids on the end and leaving doors open for them because you don't know how they're going to feel about the process. Um, but telling them early and often and just make it a part of their story that's neutral. It's something that is not shameful that they're going to grow up with as, as just a, a happy part of their story, I think is really important. Um, and learn what your egg donor is going through. If you haven't been through an IVF cycle yourself, do some reading about it because your donor will really appreciate uh, her, uh, you understanding what she's about to go through. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. These were so incredible insights from a donor's perspective. And for our myth busting, let's start the podcast. So let's start with something very commonly asked questions from the donors. Uh, picture this, a donor in the midst of the egg donation journey surrounded by needles. And needles is something very common a donor has to come across because of the medication and the doses. Um, so how do a donor dispose of these needles that they are using on a daily basis? When you're in the midst of your egg donation journey, you might wonder, what do I do with all these needles? Well, proper disposal is essential for everyone's safety. Most clinics will provide you with a sharps container to store those, un those used needles. It's vital to follow your clinic's guideline and your local regulations to ensure they're discarded correctly. Remember, never toss them in your regular household waste or recycling bin. However, if you have a empty water bottle and you didn't get a sharps container, you can take that empty water bottle, fill it with needles, and then give it to the pharmacy. All right, so sharps container it is, and no discarding needles in garbage bags. Uh, okay, my next question is for you. Um, genetically, when somebody is contributing eggs, they are contributing part of their genetic material. So donors tend to have the question, if the baby is theirs um, down the line, if they are the parents somehow or... Um, they will be liable for the kids. What is your take on that? Okay, so this is a question I get asked a lot. So I am going to answer it simply with a no. But I'm going to give a little disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. So this is not intended to be legal or medical advice. I am just speaking from my experience and my knowledge in working in the industry and being an egg donor. Um, and so... In Canada, at least, we sign away all of our rights with the clinic paperwork. So you do not pay child support. There's um, really, I mean, sadly, no records, even if they wanted to track down who you were down the line. Like, none of this is recorded in a registry anywhere in the government. Um, so clinic paperwork waives you of all legal responsibilities and rights potentially to that resulting offspring. Um, but in addition to the clinic paperwork, you're going to want to have an independent legal agreement drawn up between you and the intended parents. And this is a very lengthy agreement. It's going to cover a number of different things such as leftover embryos and what you're comfortable with um, in terms of future contact with the recipients uh, the legislation for wherever you are will be noted in that legal agreement. Uh, 
and it will also reiterate that you have no right to that child. So these are really lengthy agreements and it just really covers covers all those what ifs. Um, it also protects the intended parents uh, in all kinds of situations. So I really don't recommend anybody donate without one. If somebody asks you to, it's a red flag. Uh, now let's get into the different the other section of egg donation uh, that is compensation. When and how does an egg donor receive their compensation amount? Yes, reimbursement. So in Canada, you can be reimbursed for any of your expenses, and we'll set that amount together ahead of time. So you you would pick a number starting at five thousand, and you know going up even seven, eight, nine, ten just depending on your life and uh, your circumstances and how many times you've donated. So you submit a expense report after your retrieval is done. And then after that is processed with all the receipts, uh, then we'll trigger the disbursement to come and it will arrive in your account. So that can take a little bit of time. We try to do it as quickly as possible. Submitting a quality report and tracking your time as you go helps a lot. Now let's talk about the unpredictable situation that happens sometimes in the cycle. So what might happen that a cycle might get cancelled? Yes, yeah, sometimes unexpected plot twists do happen. Hormonal responses or a follicle party that's too small or too big might throw a curveball at you. You're going to be carefully watched by the medical team to make sure that the IVF cycle is going very well. Uh, but IVF is a gamble, you know, lots of stuff can go wrong and sometimes cycles are canceled if your body's not having the response that they expect you to. This is pretty rare though. It's not something that we see very often. Oh, wow. Huh. Interesting. So Sarah, uh, you have been an egg donor yourself. Uh, how many times can somebody donate their eggs? The number of times you can donate eggs varies from clinic to clinic and may be influenced by local regulations. Typically, egg donors can donate multiple times, but there are policies in place to ensure your health and well-being aren't compromised. If you're interested in multiple donations, be sure to consult with your chosen clinic to understand the specific guidelines and requirements. Thanks, Sarah. So now there's something called trigger shot, we all know, and this is very time-sensitive injection a donor has to take right before or retrieval. So how do somebody prepare themselves for their IVF trigger shot? Ah, the trigger shot, the MVP. You will be given a very detailed playbook. So in great instructions, timing, any of the do's and don'ts. So just stick to the script and you'll have success. It is a precisely timed injection, but you can do it. And if you have questions or you're unsure about anything, just reach out. Uh, now, Katie, I have a question for you. Um, a couple of egg donors often come up with the question, if they are donating their eggs, will they reach their menopause earlier than they would have been in their normal cycle? Mm, good question. I do get asked this quite a bit. And quick, easy answer is just no. There's no such thing as fast-tracking here. Um, when it comes to menopause, your reproductive system, it's on its own um, timeline. And so that is really set for you before you're even born. A uh, woman is born with the amount of eggs that she'll have forever, an infinite amount. 
Um, and by the that's for most women, they're born with one, two million eggs. By the time you hit puberty, you're left with about 400,000 or so. And then those are the eggs that you will ovulate until menopause. Um, now that's a lot of eggs, right? Like we are not going to ovulate all 400,000 of those by the time we get to menopause. Um, statistically, that's just impossible. We're not going to have that many uh, menstrual cycles. But every month, our follicles, so a follicle is um, what a sac, the fluid that contains an egg within your ovary, okay? So your body every month is developing follicles and your body picks the best follicle that it's grown every month to ovulate. And with IVF, we're able to rescue those other follicles um, that weren't ovulated. So with the IVF medication, you're able to continue stimulating all those follicles and then retrieve them all. Whereas naturally you've say, let's grow 10 follicles, one is ovulated. Those other nine just dissolve and are absorbed back into your body. Um, so in IVF, those nine instead are going to be rescued or saved, however you want to look at it, in the retrieval procedure. Um, so when we're looking at that and the menstrual cycle, how that works and how IVF works and the medications, um, we're not impacting menopause at all because those eggs are the same. They're there. They either would dissolve back into your body and be gone forever, or you can retrieve them with an IVF cycle. So long story short, no, you cannot get early menopause from egg donation. So now, Sarah, my question is for you. Um, what do you suggest to the individuals or the donors who are interested to donate their eggs, but somehow they are on antidepressant medicine medication? Well, lots of antidepressants are fine to take during a cycle, and but there are some that are incompatible with the medications uh, or could affect egg quality. Uh, or the outcomes of the cycle. So it's best just to check with either us or you know, we'll check with one of our doctors that we trust to make sure that the, it is safe for you and for your eggs to continue with the cycle. Um, and we can also talk about switching medications. If that's something that your prescribing doctor is agreeable to, feels is safe for your mental health and is feasible for you to wean off and change medications. Awesome. Thank you. So, Sarah, uh, my final question for you is the retrieval process comprises of putting you putting the donor under medication and under anesthesia. And it's a procedure. It's a surgical procedure. So after the procedure and during the procedure, do the donor feel anything? Is it painful to go on uh, go through the process? You know, it kind of depends. So lots of clinics uh, in Canada, most clinics in Canada will do conscious sedation. So it really depends on where you're having the, the retrieval procedure done. If you're having conscious sedation, you may or may not have a, any memory of the procedure. It shouldn't be extremely painful, but you might remember bits and pieces and you might remember feeling some cramping kind of pain. If you're in a lot of pain, you can absolutely ask the doctors and nurses to administer some additional medication and that should really help. You might feel like you were asleep the whole time. That is a common experience, especially with one of the medications that's given to relax you. It has an amnesia effect. So people often reporting 
that they felt like they were asleep through the whole thing. Now, that being said, some clinics in Canada and certainly most most to all clinics outside of Canada will use uh, a lighter sedation that includes propofol. So you are actually unconscious during that procedure. And in those cases, you don't feel anything. You just um, wave goodbye to the nurses as they give you an injection and then you wake up and the procedure is done. Awesome. And is there any post-procedure side effect? Yeah, you can expect some cramping and bloating afterwards, um, feeling tender for at least a day or two, and then you should gradually get back to normal. Uh, you know, each cycle is different and each person responds a little bit different, so it's kind of hard to say generally, but that's sort of a typical experience is, you know, pain and cramping, especially the, the same day as the procedure, you'll probably just want to go home and nap, and then the day after and the day after that, you should start to get back to normal. Thank you so, so much. To both of you guys, Sarah and Katie, um, for answering the, all these questions which were there um, in various social media platforms, websites. And the incredible part is that both of you have answered and threaded um, them all together. So any donor who's looking for these questions can access our podcast, our blog, um, our social media platform and get the answers one by one and very easily. Thanks. That is incredible. Thank you so much. Oh, well, it was so nice chatting with you two today. Thanks for your time. And I hope our listeners enjoyed this. And um, I look forward to chatting with you guys again on the next episode of Fertility Frontier. Awesome. Thanks so much, Katie and Sarah. Um, we appreciate your time and your contribution to this podcast. Hope to see you again. If you are thinking about becoming an egg donor or have more burning questions, please feel free to reach out to us at herhelpinghabit.com and our awesome team will reach out to you very soon. Until then, please follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Spotify. Uh, till then. Take care, spread love and keep being amazing.